The Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's Adam a, Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed it, you know? And now we're talking about a weekly spot of the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are up. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Tomorrow I leave for a bachelor party at Deep Creek for the weekend. Which means for the next 57 minutes, I'm mailing it in. Mailing it in. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley, Brian LaMartina, across from me, shirtless Tom, beyond the glass, and my wife, a vital portion of this next segment. That's right. Put her on the phone, Tom. Just kidding. <laughs> My wife and I were watching that Get Up show this morning. In an aside there, actually. Let me just, okay, we'll just slow this bad boy down. Just for, just for a second here. Just for a second here. I used to watch Mike and Mike every morning on my TV. Not because I thought it was good, but because I got headlines. And I'd take their measly topics, and I'd try to massage them into good topics that you can actually have controversy surround. You know, conversation. Mike and Mike did what they did, but it was all milk toast. And now I can't even watch that anymore because they got Mike and Wingo or Golic and Mike or whatever the hell it is. And I'll tell you what, that Wingo never shuts the hell up. I re- <laughs> I, look, I know it's a talk show. I know he's supposed to talk. But you know what I mean? Golic keeps going on his tirades that aren't even really tirades. He'll just be giving an opinion. And then Wingo steps all over him with a corny granddad joke. Now, I am not opposed to corny granddad jokes. I just told like seven in the end of the last segment. All of them were lion puns. But let the man speak. Let the boy watch. Let the man speak, for God's sakes. Quit it with the nonsense jokes. Anyway, that was my aside. Well, not really. But because of that, I'm now watching this get up. With Michelle Beadle, who's hit or miss, Mike Greenberg, who I previously mentioned as Milk Toast, and Jalen Rose, who, well, he's dumb. Yeah, Ex athlete. They're all dumb. Just kidding. Tunch and Wolf. Greg Kowski. Anyway, so I watch them get the headlines while I'm drinking my coffee and prepping for the show. And my wife's upstairs. She's doing her hair, and she hears the TV, which is jacked up way too loud. And they're talking about the hot dogs. The contest, 74 hot dogs put down by Chestnut, which is just insane. It's insane that anybody can do that. I think it's more insane that people can do that than dunk a basketball. Like, I've got friends who can jump. I have friends who can eat. I have friends who can dunk because they can jump. I don't have friends that can eat 74 hot dogs. That's amazing to me. But Leanna, my wife, she hates it. She watches it on the 4th of July, and she's like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Tim Benz, who we'll hear from coming up in 15 minutes, he does not like wet bread. He does not like the idea of hot dog bun in water that is disgusting to him, and I think the same thing goes for my wife. But what she said was, this is terrible for these people. And Joey Chestnut's going to set the world record for most deuces the day after a hot dog eating contest, too. That guy's going to poop a hell of a lot tomorrow, and God only knows what it's going to do to his health long term. 
And it hit me. She's upset that Joey Chestnut, because of this competition, might not have a great quality of life later on. That Joey Chestnut might, for some reason, God only knows why, have negative effects that come to him from eating these 74 hot dogs. And then they go over all of his other things that he's done. 120 Snickers in six minutes. Jesus. 54 tacos. They're talking about like creme brulee that he's put down. Like This MFR eats everything, and he eats it in mass. And she's saying, this guy's going to die at a ripe old age of like 60, 45, because his innards are eventually going to say, what the bleep, man? You don't eat for two weeks, and he shoved me full of 74 hot dogs. Or Snickers or Twinkies or Creme Brulee. And then my gear started going. She feels bad about this? How many other people feel bad about this? How many other people are looking at the hot dog eating dude and going, oh my God, he's going to die and I can't watch this because it's going to lead him to an early grave? And I thought probably a lot, right? Well, why don't we think about that with football? Why don't we all think of it that way with football? I think we're getting closer to understanding exactly what is happening on the football field. I think we all get that this is bad for them. But my wife can't watch the hot dog contest and not think about his future health problems. She can watch a football game and watch a football game. She can watch hockey and watch hockey. Guys can be fighting at the middle of the ice. We're all cheering, and she's watching hockey without feeling bad. MMA shouldn't watch, but I, when I watch MMA, I'm like, man, this is barbaric. But then I'm entertained. I watch boxing, and I'm entertained. But I think today changed me. I think I'm a changed man. I think watching Get Up With My Wife today made me realize that I should be looking the same way at football as the way she's looking at the hot dog eating contest. That I should look at those guys and what they're doing to their brains and their heads, and I should think to myself, what's going to happen to them later on in life? I think it's the way we should all consume sports. I think it's the way that we should all take this in. I think we should understand that these guys aren't just on the field for entertainment and commodities. They've got their own lives out there. Well, Crowley, man, they're making a choice. Well, some of them are, but some of them aren't. Antonio Brown was living in a car. I've met A.B. a bunch of times. I like the guy. Nice dude. Not smart. He's just not. He's not a smart guy. What would he be doing? I don't know. Football saved his life. It's the thing he does well. The hell would I be doing if I didn't do radio? Holy crap. I've often thought about that. What the hell would I do? Sell something, I'm sure. Probably pedal it in the back streets. I don't know what I'd do. No clue. So it wasn't really a choice. It's just the calling, right? And for them, it's the calling of sport. They have to do it or else they don't have much else. I buy into that. I think that... If Antonio Brown could do something else, he still probably wouldn't, but who knows, and that was his only avenue at this point. It was his only avenue out of Miramar County, Florida. Like That's the kid who played football. That's why he got out. So he's out there busting his head against other dudes, and offensive linemen are busting their heads against other dudes. Quarterbacks are fine. Everyone's busting their heads off one another. And yet we're cheering, we're clapping, we're going berserk. It's like the crowd at Coney Island. Except there's my wife, who says this is terrible. This is going to hurt the guy one day. We should all strive to be as empathetic as my wife. We should all strive to care about 
our fellow Americans, fellow citizens, the way that she cares about the hot dog eating people. She's not petitioning for more replay. No, she wants these guys to be healthy. And then there's us, talking ball. But when we talk ball, we ain't talking about health. Oh, no, we're talking about replay. We're talking about what's a catch. We're talking about how many years and how much money for Le'Veon Bell. We're talking about entertainment for our purposes only. And, yeah, they signed up for that. But just keep it in the back of your mind. Just keep it just right there in the back of your mind. Every time you watch a football game now, think of the hot dog eating contest and think of my wife. Wait a second there. Wait a second. Sounds good, buddy. Wait a second there. No, don't you do that, Tom. I don't need you thinking about my wife and hot dog eating contests. Too late. Check. So the next time you watch a football game, I want you to think about the conversation that I'm having right now. About the hot dog and your wife. Damn it. There's no way out of this, huh? Nope. Hell yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that was creepy. The hell, Tom? <laughs> that wasn't me. Get the hell out of here. Me. Tom went too far. Jesus. Oh, yeah, I said. I know, and now you said it. You know what, Brian, when you said that back, it, it was a little creepy. Yeah, see? Hell yeah, yeah, it was. I'm trying to have a serious societal conversation about hot dogs and my wife right now, and you guys are making it out to be something perverted. Hell yeah. I just think the way that she watched the hot dog eating contest and the way she watched Michelle Beadle Talking about hot dogs today. Hell yeah. <laughs> Michelle Beadle, huh? Should be the way that we consume football. It should be the way that we watch the game. That yes, it might be entertaining. Yes, we can soak it all in. Yes, we can care madly about it. Yeah, there's money on the line. But there's still people there too. And that's what my wife got me to thinking about today. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Anytime you start thinking about my wife eating a hot dog, just think about the cheese teas and Tom eating a hot dog. That'll cool you down real quick. Hell yeah. Seriously, Tom, you take it on the chin. Oh yeah. <laughs> More than anybody I know, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're good people, Tom. I thought you were going to say something else there. What, do you want me to give an acceptance speech now? Or? Well, I just wanted Hell you to yeah. talk about the cheese teas and how you put down 17 hot dogs. I consider it a great honor that I get to stuff my face with hot dogs before the show every day. Okay, shut up. How do you qualify for the hot dog eating contest? Because I think we should actually do our best to try to get Tom qualified. I think you could pull it off, Tom, honestly. What, what, what was, like, people, other than Chestnut and, like, the other people who finished second and third, they're, like, at, what, 25, 24? They're not that insane. Could you eat 25 hot dogs in 10 minutes? Yeah. If I had to, I think. Do you think you could? I think I could. Like, it, like if someone's holding a gun to your head? I have to eat the buns, too, or just the hot dogs? Yeah, you got to eat the buns. Oh, that makes it so much harder, because I'm not going to eat Dude, it's 74 hot dogs and buns. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to do the dip the buns in water and just have it slide down your throat, though. Well, that's just one technique. You don't have to go that way. I mean, I think I could definitely get 10 down. How many people have died in these competitions choking? Probably none. They have medical staff on standby. How many people have choked, though, I wonder? And how do you train yourself? Like, do they just, do, is it simply sliding down? Like, how much chewing goes on? Like, I watched chewing. I saw chewing going on, but how much do they actually chew it? You can't be chewing much. I don't think they're chewing much if they're doing it right. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, you two. What? What do you mean, what you two? I mean, I'm just mean? trying to have a serious conversation so about the Coney we, Island yeah. hot dog contest, and you keep thinking about my wife. 
What do you? Do? Whoa. You said you brought your wife into this now, not us. I just thought it was a. I thought she was being a sweet person, you know? She's worried about the hot dog eating guy. Yeah. Ha, that is, okay, that's like a child, right? Like, that's like the nicest thing I've ever heard. They're talking to the freaking chestnut dude about eating 74 hot dogs. She's like, oh man, I know he just won $10,000, but I feel bad. Like, maybe he's got heartburn today. Like, that's the nicest thing I ever heard. That's the nicest thing I ever heard. I want to feel that way when I watch football. Like, oh, man, Marquise Pouncey. Like, that was a really nice pancake block, man. I know you're making all kinds of money, but, like, I hope your head's okay one day. Like, I just, I wish people thought that way. I wish people watched sports the way my wife watches hot dogs being eaten. Oh, it's the day after Thanksgiving. I hope he didn't eat too much. Like, oh, Big Ben, come on. I know that's an interception, but it's probably just because his tummy's upset. Not quite like that. Now you're mixing them here. Oh, yeah, my bad. Maybe I did mail it in. Maybe I didn't get my point across. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When Ryan Shazier got hurt, it's the first time that I ever stopped watching a football game and thought, damn, this is this is terrible. I, I can I can say that is 1,000% true because I was sitting right next to you. We both were just kind of shut down, man. Yeah, it shut down the rest of the day, honestly. And you're a tough son of a bitch. Yeah, I don't care about anything. You really I, don't. I, I really, yeah. I'm, you really don't. Yeah, I'm kind of a psychopath, but that hurt. I, I, I did not feel very good after that. No, it was terrible. And from that point forward, I've watched football a little bit differently. But you have to. You have to. And, and I want everyone to watch it that way now. That's 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 the point of the segment. Bam, nailed it. Your wife did a good segment. It was a good segment brought on by her. Hell yeah! I get what you're saying though, man. I mean, you know, it, it's. CTE is kind of a hidden thing, and you watch sports, and it's not just football. It's hockey, too. It's other sports. I, I mean, it's it's everything that has that kind of collision mentality to it, and, and you don't see the results. By the time this stuff usually hits, these guys are retired and into their lives, and they're not on TV all they're the They're already time. useless to you because you've already watched them whenever well, you and, needed them. And as, as, as horrible as that sound, that's the consumption of the American sports fan. Once it they're is. gone, they're gone. You know, I don't need to see any of that stuff. I just need to see them ramming into somebody repeatedly while they're playing. It's like you know? when you go to the store and you get a free sample, then you walk down to the other end of the aisle, and the person who handed out the free sample is dead to me. Coming up next. <laughs> dead to me. Tim Benz talks about furries because they're in town this week. We spoke to one earlier on in the program and the Penguins and the Pirates and more. It's Crowley Show. He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Pirates are two and a half games up on the Reds for the battle for fourth place in the NL Central. It is the Mega Bolt. The Mega Bolt. Mega Bolt. That is our top story today and up until Steelers training camp. Joining us now to discuss that and a bunch of furries now invading town is Tim Benz from Breakfast with Benz in the Trib. Hey, Tim, you seen any furries out there lately? Uh, I was in the midst of some furries last night. It kind of smells like wet furry downtown right now because it's been so rainy. And I don't know if the furries are afraid to go out in their costumes when there's thunderstorms about. 
But uh, I saw a couple last night as the fireworks were taking place. Of course, I live right downtown, so they walk around my neighborhood all the time here in the cultural district. Uh, their headquarters are right downtown, usually at the uh, Marriott City Center. So I am in the midst. I'm at ground zero for furries. Did you get a furry on before I came on the air? Because uh, it is quite the honor to have been bumped and have my interview time moved for a furry. So did you at least come through and get one on the air? Yeah, we got him. He was a very nice man, but he wasn't giving us what we wanted. Was it the same furry that I had on the X years ago, the head furry, the Anthrocon leader? No. What did that guy say? What did he tell you happened at these things? Oh, well, I mean, he downplayed it, of course. Yeah. You know, all the, he didn't want anybody to believe that the legends of litter boxes outside the hotel rooms and, you know, um, craven sex acts taking place inside the hotel rooms ever actually happened. So uh, he tried to downplay that. He sounded like the professor on The Simpsons. That's what I remember more than anything. He's like, oh, I had a he talked like this, and the flavor of the moon went high, you know, like that sort of voice. He was exactly how you would want the head furry to sound. So he downplayed the sex thing. So did the guy we had on. His name was Carl. They got to be banging, though. I mean, that's 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 all the fun, right? I mean, sure, you do all the other stuff, but, like, you want to drink, you want to have fun, you want to carry on. Well, I think it's gotten mainstream now, Adam. It's gotten so popular here in Pittsburgh. We've become such a tourist destination for all things furry. It's gotten to the point where, you know, it's... Uh, you can do it for a weekend, but not really be into it. I think back in the day when they started this, like 10, 15 years ago, it was more about the hard scores, if you know what I mean. Um, but I think it's kind of gotten watered down now and almost touristy in that regard. It's so big now, you can't almost, it's like, it's too big to be a fetish. You know what I mean? Just a promotion note to the furry people. Like, you need to tell these stories more. Don't hide behind these, because honestly, if I can't use a litter box in the hallway and go to a weird sex party, I'm not dressing up. You know when it jumped the shark, when it got so mainstream, is when Johnny Drama banged a furry on Entourage. Yes, that's oh, when he, it did. Really turned. he did. <laughs> Forgot about that. Tim Ben is joining us here on the Crowley that's Show. When it became, that's when it became pretty, like, like a regular thing to do. You going to snag yourself a furry, Tim? You know what? I'm going to be out of town this weekend. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to Wrigley. A uh, nice. friend of mine has never been to Wrigley before, so he and I decided to get away to uh, go to Chicago to go watch the game. Um, and he's never been to Wrigley. I've been once before. So what I was thinking about doing for a while was renting my place out to the furries. I thought I could make an Airbnb killing. But then I remembered everything I just told you about what I heard from the hotel employees. <laughs> And I said, there's no way that's happening. I'll be cleaning up kitty litter for 14 months. All right. So if I wasn't going out of town, and now that you're going out of town, this doesn't work. We should have we should have said, we're not going out of town this weekend, and we're going to go up in these furry conventions, right? And we're going to go into the hotel. We're going to get ourselves a room, and we're just going to do a little recon work. We're going to figure out what these peeps are up to. Yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. Although, they jacked the rates up because everybody knows the furries spend. So this is a big hotel weekend in downtown Pittsburgh. Tim or the Reds? Well, we could just wander the halls. I mean, we could do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could get in no problem. Just stick a tail on Tom's ass. <laughs> Tim, where would the hot dogs go? <laughs> Tim, are the Reds going to catch the Pirates in the Mega Bowl? Mega Bowl! Um, I would think no. I don't think the Pirates are going to I think the Reds are hot enough right now. They'll just cool off and really tank. I still pick the 
Pirates to finish in fourth place. I thought Madden put it pretty well earlier when he says kind of like Jackie Moon and Tropic Thunder. You know, the, the Fort Wayne Tropics or whatever they were called, the goal was just to finish in fourth place. I think the Pirates can do that. Well, they did spend just enough to be right in fourth place, right? But here's the deal. They don't have the star power the Reds have. Like the Reds, I'd rather be a Reds fan than a Pirates fan right now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, they're at least beating the bad teams when they need to. They won a couple series against the Mets and Padres. But like, when's the, la- when's the last time you really have seen a baseball team as outclassed as the Pirates were in their four-game series against Arizona than their three-game series against the Dodgers? Like, you know, did you see the thing that went up on uh, Channel 7 in L.A. where they ran the final score, they ran the highlights of the Dodgers-Pirates game, and by accident they put up the East Carolina Pirates logo instead of the Pittsburgh Pirates logo? Did you notice that? I did. I saw that in Breakfast with Ben's this morning, in fact, Timothy. <laughs> like, if you're East Carolina, don't you sue for defamation of character? Because <laughs> I would. Tim Ben's joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Tim, are super teams bad for sports? I don't think so. And I think this thing with the Warriors signing DeMarcus Cousins is completely overrated. You know how I know you've gotten good as a talk show host, Adam, is that I listened to you talk about the Cousins thing for quite a bit on Tuesday, and I disagreed with everything, every single thing you said, but I still enjoyed listening to you. Yeah! So, yeah, that, that's how I know you're getting there as a talk show host. I couldn't, I, I couldn't have agreed less with anything you said, but I was still compelled and listened. So, Mega well Bowl! Done. Um, no, I just, like, do you, do you really think that Boogie is going to make that big of a deal, that big of a difference? Well, no, Boogie? they were, were going to win anyhow, but now they can win. Yeah, they're going to win yeah. anyhow. Yeah. Not only were they going to win anyhow, but, like, you know, people are freaking out over a guy who's never played in the playoffs before that, you know, needs the ball and is never going to have it. I mean, I guess he can help him rebounding, but, you know, scoring-wise, like, he's not going to get close to 21-12 and 12 or anything like that when he goes there. He'll help them, but I think he's going to hurt himself statistically. He's not going to play to December anyway. You know, and, like, they should have won this year more easily than they did. You know, they were down twice in the second half, um, or at least the, uh, I take it back, after the first quarter of Game 7, but they were down double digits twice in a row in elimination games. And they were, they were a super team this year and almost lost. The Patriots were a super team and lost. The Yankees were a super team every year for 30 years, and they lost in a couple seasons. So, you know, there are dominant teams, but, you know, even like the Lakers and Celtics back in the 80s, you know, the Sixers snuck in past them once or twice, the Bucks snuck by the Celtics, the Rockets snuck by the Lakers. You know, stuff happens. I'm, I, I don't think this is the ruination of sports, as people were suggesting. I do think it's going to be interesting to see how they manage the egos, and that is at least going to be worth keeping an eye on, I think. Yeah, you know, people keep talking about the technical fouls. They're going to add up with Boogie and... Draymond Green, I guess Durant is known to get a couple, too. Uh, yeah, that, that could play a role, but I don't think it's going to come into play to the point that they, you know, argue their way out of a championship. I could see Cousins being a detrimental factor that he really hurts chemistry. I could see that being the case, especially if they try to force him the ball. But, like, here's, here's a point that you made. that Okay, here's, here's one point that you made that I disagree that I wanted to follow up with you on. Do you, you really think that any of those five guys are a player that if you took them away from the Warriors, you could start a franchise around and win a championship. Because that's what you said on Friday, on Tuesday. Yeah, I think you could. I, I, I refuse to believe that. Don't... I don't think – I think Durant and Steph yes. are good enough yes. that you could build a team around either one of them and win a championship. If you built it 
We already know what it looks like when you build a team around Boogie. You never make the playoffs. Well, if That's I built the, if I built the team, I would win with him. If I built it. Oh, I see. I yes. See. You, you, the NBA general managing mind that you are, would be able to assemble the right talent and have them be the focal point, huh? Yes, uh, especially because the five NBA players who who I've heard of are all playing for the Warriors now, apart from LeBron James. <laughs> I'd probably have an I'd probably have an issue there. Uh, I think, and you're probably right that not all of them you could take and build a championship around, but. Uh, if I take Clay off, I feel like I got a pretty all right shot. If he's my first, if he's my best player, I think that I could, I think I could make a run. If the Warriors don't exist, I don't think that you. I, I would hazard to say that if you took Clay, Cousins, Draymond Green, and made them the best player on the team, that none of those teams would make the playoffs. And if they did, they'd be like a seven or an eight in the East. What if I take Clay, Draymond, and I take who am I missing there from the other three? Uh, who did I say? Draymond, Clay, and Boogie. And I just had those three as my three. And you take off Durant, and you take off Steph. You took, yeah, Can they win it all? Thompson, no, if you took Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and uh, DeMarcus Cousins, I think that's like a four or five team. They're losing to LeBron James, that much we know. Yeah, because there's no ball dominator on any of those that you just outlined right well, there. Well, we'll just all right. Well, all right, okay, we'll give him. We'll give him Rondo too. No, no, no. When I say ball dominator, not not a guy. Who not distributor. The I, see, I see. I see. I see. about a guy who gets the ball, you know, at the top of the key of the wing and drives the hoop and gets fouled. Like, yeah, that, that's the key. Like, we'll give him Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi. All right, you know what? If you gave if you gave me Kawhi, you could win with that team. That team plus Kawhi, yeah. yes, you could absolutely win with that team. Oh, good, because I couldn't name another NBA player. Tim Benz joins us on the Crowley Show. Uh, Tim, you, I thought, made a bunch of great points when talking about the Penguins and their quote-unquote leadership void. Man, we talked for hours and hours and wrote a bunch of column inches about the Penguins and their problems this year. I don't think at any point did I say, well, it's a big leadership void. I don't think that ever happened. I don't think that ever came out of my mouth. And then now we hear from Jim Rutherford, well, there's a leadership void. Oh, my God. It is such a false narrative. It is nothing more than something to say to make it sound like the Matt Cullen signing is important, which it isn't. Just say so you spent $650,000 on a veteran that may or may not play on some nights is going to do nothing but be on the fourth wing. Like, you don't need to convince me why you got Matt Cullen. I know why you did it, because he's versatility on the wing or center, he's depth, and he's your guy. And he's cheaper than Chris Kudis. Fine. You know, we didn't need the whole speech about how his veteran leadership is necessary because we lost guys in that regard. Like, think about it, Adam. Think about if at some point um, in late March, early April, even after the Capitol series, if some writer or talk show host went on the air and said, hey, you know why the Penguins lost? Lack of leadership. Penguin Twitter oh. explode in anger. How could you say such a thing? Chino became a leader this year. Sid's a leader. And now that dad is back, we just spoon feed it and eat it up. Like, oh, yeah, they need leadership. Why? Because Jim said so as a way to validate the signing? Come on. Uh, we are so two-faced when it comes to stuff like that. We just want to believe what's handed to us uh, via PR from the Penguins. It's, it's unbelievable. And I'm fine with the signing. I don't, I don't care that they signed Colin. Fine, so be it. Great. If he's got a little less in the tank and he helps him for even 40 games this year, oh, wonderful. But you know, say, oh, we lost a lot of leadership. We needed to bring it back. Well, then that suggests it was an absentee, it was an absentee issue last year. 
And if it was an absentee issue last year, then why were we bending over backwards talking about how great of a leader Gino had become and how great of a leader Sid had become in his own and how great of a leader Hornquist has emerged as and uh, how they missed it when Hagelin was off the ice in a leadership, uh, leadership capacity and a help when he came back. Well, which way is it? It can't be both. I think the oversell there, and then with Jack Johnson in the whole, we know something that you don't know, it just tells me I think they're paying a little too much attention to what people are saying on social media and airwaves. Uh, the Jack Johnson thing, I'm going to give him a little bit. Uh, it was such a negatively, it, it, it's rare to see uh, blogosphere and uh, Twitter reaction that negative of the Penguins about anything, because that's usually who likes to lap up with spoon fed to them. Um, so I think that caught them off guard because usually whatever Rutherford says becomes gold in their eyes. And um, because so many people have wed themselves to the theory of analytics, and there are very few analytics that look good for Jack Johnson. They convinced themselves it was a bad sign. The Penguins have never had to deal with blowback like that against a Rutherford move before, uh, at least not since they won the Cups. So I think they were caught off guard by that. And I don't mind trying to sell the fan base a little bit on Johnson since it was received negatively and they think he's a better player. You know, one thing from an analytical point of view that I wrote about that I do think makes sense is he's very good at making the first pass. Yeah. I think that's important to this offense as they transition out of defense. Daly, Schultz, guys like that uh, helped this, this team, even though Schultz isn't the best at it. But those two guys, I think, were put in better positions here because of that. Um, I think the forwards will be helped by it. And uh, something else that Mike Kelly, the guy who found that number that said Johnson was in the top six when it came to making a breakout pass, something else he told me was just look at the amount of heavy minutes he logged against the other team's best players in Columbus offensively. They didn't put Wierenski and Seth Jones in that role. They put him in that role. He was overtaxed in that regard. Tim, last thing for you, and it's pertinent. So what animal would you be if you were a furry? I think I would be a hot dog. I think I'd be a furry hot dog. I'm just I'm compelled by the notion of bringing instant replay to the hot dog eating contest. Did you see that? They went to replay? They're going to get replay. I just tweeted it out not too long ago. Apparently, they miscounted a bunch of plates. Like, the guy who won still should have won, but everybody's plate total was low, and, like, they had to switch the payout on the over-under totals and whatnot. So I guess they need to go to replay and figure out what counts as an eaten hot dog or not. ESPN put a story up about it today. Where are they going to find replay for hot dog oh, porn? Okay, we're good. I think they'll find it there. We'll be fine. Oh, yeah, I think we'll be covered. And uh, i I, I got to give credit to, to Tom across the glass there. Woken Thomas did a fantastic job getting through that. I, there's nothing in the world that makes my skin crawl more than even the thought of wet bread. Like, yeah. wet bread just makes me want to vomit thinking about it. And when I see those hot dog buns dunked in water, I just want to hurl. Yeah, he had a problem with that, uh, in fact, in the filming of the cheese teas today. No toms were harmed, but he uh, he almost yacked on that first take. We could only do one take. We only had so many hot dogs. He held it in pretty good. <laughs> what did you do with the other hot dogs? Because I know he didn't eat the rest of those. Well, I ate one, Tom ate one, and Brian ate one. Where'd you get them, by the way? Brighton Hot Dog Shop. Oh, that's a good spot. That's yeah. a good spot, yeah. Yeah. They asked yeah, us what we were doing. I would also recommend Franctuary with the poutine hot dog. That's, that's a solid get. We can't say poutine on the radio, Tim. Um, well, i got to do it with a better French accent, but it comes off more legit. Thanks for your time, pal. Have fun in Wrigley. I will, yes. I'll give you a full report. Is, have you done Wrigley yet? Is that on your sports bucket list? I did it once, and we're going to have to get into this at some point. I thought it was a total dump.
Oh, okay. We'll do a regular review when I come on next week. Perfect. Have fun, though, man. Bye. Tim Benz! Breakfast with Benz. Coming up next, I'm done. I'm out. Peace. It's other crap. Hottest take of the day. Three stars of the show. ESPN Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Well, can I just speak for myself here, please? No! I will not speak to you, Stat Pat. I've had it up to here with you. Well, you can hear me, okay? Just listen no! to me. Just for a second. No! Enough! Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Hey guys, it was really nice to be on that rejoin oh, no. there. Uh, you know, you don't haven't asked me up here in a long time. I just thought that the rejoin was a really nice way to just a homage to me. How'd you get out? How did it's you get the out? The minute I heard it, the rain. rain. The damn rain. I tunneled. Flooding again. I tunneled and swam. Get the hell out of here, Stat Pat. We don't need you here. <laughs> don't you need baseball statistics? No, man, we're good. Oh, Hockey. We need- all nope. we need to know about is the Mega Bowl. The Mega Bowl? What's that? What's a Mega Bowl? Mega Bowl! It's a battle between the Reds and the Pirates for fourth place in the NL Central. Oh, well, you know that the Reds have a run differential of negative 33, and the Pirates have a run differential of negative 29. The Pirates are a much better team via the Pythagorean record. Well, and the actual record. Get the hell out of here. Okay, see so you. Hey, keep that guy locked up long enough. He'll come up and he'll give us some good information like that. Rare appearance by Stan. Yeah. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Baseball used to be America's pastime. Now, America gets its rocks off trying to fix the game we all once loved. Here's the dirty little secret. It can't be fixed. Yeah, I use this take all the time. Major League Baseball <laughs> Commissioner Rob Manfred has seen the attendance decline. <laughs> Did you just pick a take out of like your files and come back with it like it was fresh? This might be what I'm writing for the city paper. He's seen the drop in TV ratings. <laughs> oh my God. And he knows oh no. that his game is in worse shape than the Pirates' bullpen. He's had in-depth discussions about pace of play and length of games. Radio host and columnist all around the country pitch their solutions. Add the DH to the National League. So Ban shifts. So fresh. Curb visits. No pitch intentional walks. Sure, those tweaks may speed up the game while helping increase scoring, but the problem with baseball is that it's inherently slow. Can't fix it. No matter the duration of the game, the ball's still not put in play enough to keep my generation's attention. You just don't try to fix it. Clint Hurdle said it's less than 18 minutes of actual activity within an average three-hour game. That's the problem. You either like it or you don't. Yeah, that's the problem. If you go to a football game, you'll see someone get hurt. If you go to a baseball game, you'll see as many pitchers grabbing their crotches as you will see balls, pardon the pun, put in play. Don't fix it. You can't take the violence out of football, and you can't take the boring out of baseball. 
Even if Rob Manfred could find a way to make a game last less than three hours on average, it's the pace of the game itself that's causing the dwindling attendance and TV numbers. Unfixable! The economics class that I took in college lasted an hour long and felt like it lasted days. Meanwhile, I did a power hour and that felt like 15 minutes! Don't want to fix that! Both of them made me equally as sick. Millennials just don't have the patience for anything that entertains us for just 18 minutes in a three-hour span. They don't want it fixed. 18 minutes out of two hours wouldn't get the job done. Rob Manfred has to do what he can to save MLB. The problem is that no matter what he does, baseball's still baseball. Can't fix it! Woo! Other crap. Carlos Gomez used a bat to bash in a water tub. Cooler heads did not prevail. Woo! Other crap. ESPN is now bringing you the American Cornhole League. Sponsored by racism. Woo! Other crap. Finally, putting bags and holes can be shown on cable TV. Woo! Other crap. Joey Chestnut just broke the world record for 74 hot dogs in 12 minutes. Mia Khalifa says, hold my beer. Woo! Other crap. The United States just won the Quidditch World Cup in Italy. How'd we hear about that? I think somebody snitched. Woo! Other crap. It's been 737 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Tim Benz. He sounded like the professor on The Simpsons. That's what I remember more than anything. He's like, oh, I had to dance, and he talked like this, and the flavor of the human, ha. You know, like that sort of voice. Oh, sorry, Angley. There was trouble at the lab with the running and the exploding and the crying. One of the monkeys stole the glasses off my head. <laughs> exactly how you would want the head fur to sound. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, the Upperman Triangle. Tom's like an anti-furry. He doesn't wear a shirt. That's true, but <laughs> then in lies the fur underneath. Yeah, this is actually kind of furry. He does have a tail. It's coming out of the small of his back. It's fuzzy and weird. He does have a weird fuzzy. Yeah, it's a weird looking thing, it's man. It's a weird fuzzy it's triangle. It's a weird fuzzy triangle. The Offerman Triangle. Women get lost up in there all the time. All the damn time. <laughs> They'd let him in the convention for that alone. <laughs> Be like, oh, I see you're one of us. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they walk in and they have to show a badge or they have to show a tail or something. Tom just takes his shirt off and bends over. First star. Tonight's first star of the show, Sweaty Beavers. I want to be a beaver. I'm a big fan of the beaver, Adam. Oh, you'd be a beaver if you were a furry? 100% beaver. Nice. You're pro beaver then? Yes. Would you be a furry beaver? Yeah. I'd be the furriest beaver. Would you be a busy beaver? Uh, it depends. Would you be a hairy beaver? I mean, beaver? I'd, pro I'd probably be a pretty sweaty in a suit, though, for sure. I'd be I'd be a pretty heavy, hairy, sweaty beaver. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Tomorrow I am gone. My friend texted me and said, hey, you want to grab a case of beer? We'll split it. And I said to him, I'm going to need another case. Because I'm going to drink a full case of beer by myself this week. I mean, around people. But by myself, I will drink 30 beers. It is happening. Without a doubt. No question. I got to do my country proud. That's my boy's bachelor party. Brian, you ain't going to be here tomorrow either, huh? No, I'm not. I'm going to be uh, hanging out. 
Not here. I'll be here. beers. But here's a suggestion. Take that half case with them. Go in on it. Then get yourself another case. You got a case and a half. Yeah! See you tomorrow with Wes Euler. Good luck, Tom.